Welcome to Life Church. We are an ex 242 community, a family on a mission to bring the life of Jesus to Warrington. We hope you're ready to hear what God has to say to you today through His Word and by His Spirit. It's always fun when they pray for you in a different language. You never quite know what he's praying. You know, he could be saying, you know, I hope Chris becomes much funnier than he thinks he is. Um, we're going to be learning about Jesus is coming back. Uh, and we're going to be reading Matthew 25. So I'm going to do my normal thing and pick on people. Who's going to come and read for me? Hmm, let's, ooh, oh, I've got loads of youth in as well. That's fun. Who shall I pick on? It's exciting. Okay, Hoda. It's Hoda here. Hoda, you come. Yes. Okay. Eddie, you up for a, up for a reading? <laughs> Penny. Penny's not up for it. Okay. Monty? Monty's going to come and do one. Who have we got from the Hong Kongers? Is Sam here still? I can't see him. Has he moved somewhere? Where's Sam gone? Sam, come and read. Okay. Hoda, you're going to go first. I've got... Can you read that in English or do you want it in Persian? Persian's easier. Okay, that's fine. You okay with the kingdom? Hello. Hi. The kingdom of heaven will be like the virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ants took their lamp, lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise ants, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all become drowsed and feel asleep. Thank you, Hoda. Well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At midnight, the cry rang out, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. Are you happy with English? No, they reply, there may be lot enough for both us and you. Instead, Go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourself. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The urchins were, who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. Thank you very much. Round of applause for them, guys. Uh, so I'm just going to pray that the Lord opens our eyes to the stuff we read and to the things I say. Lord Jesus, thank you for your words. Thank you for the encouragement and the, the challenge that you give us, Lord. I pray that we, we hear from you as we study this passage together, Lord. 
Amen. Okay, so uh, what I tend to do is then I like to act it out. So I now need 10 volunteers. Come on, 10 volunteers, get up, or I'm just going to pick people. And it's just going to be youth because they're all on the front row. So it's just going to happen. Okay, so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Up we come. Fionn and Horace. Okay. You don't have to do any reading. You're just going to stand. You'll be fine. Okay, I need one more volunteer. Come on. <laughs> Who should I pick on? Oh, yeah, we've got more youth here. Yes. Uh, no, no, no. I think the person with the most hair. That's fine. Come Okay, so, so we're looking a little bit at the historical context of this story. Well volunteered. Okay, um, so I'd like you to just stand in a line. Okay, we're in a line there. Okay, so the story talk, talks about, okay, it talks about, a bit about there being ten virgins. Okay, okay, like, and I'm not trying to point any fingers or make any statements there. What the Bible is talking about is young, unmarried women. Okay, that's what it's talking about. So, you have to all, I want to see your best impressions of being young, unmarried women. Go on. Come on. They are, they are beautiful. Very, very nice. Very nice. Okay. And it says that they're in... There we go. <laughs> That's the one there. Um, I didn't... Horace's impression wasn't very good, though. <laughs> oh, that, was, that was pretty good. Okay. So, and it says, it says that there were... There were ten. There were, there were wise ones and foolish ones. So the first five, one, two, three, four, five, are the wise ones. Okay. And the next five, one, two, three, four, five, are the foolish ones. Okay. And what it says, okay, it says that they took their lamps, but they did not take any oil with them. And so I did quite a lot of reading about this. And probably what they had weren't really lamps. We're not talking this. Okay, and we're not talking necessarily even like candle oil lamps. We're more talking this kind of thing. Okay, a bit more Indiana Jones. Okay, and so if you look at a stick, like so everyone hold your stick. Brilliant. Good, good stick holding. Um, if you hold your stick and you try and light that, I've got a lighter in my pocket actually. Where is it? Like if you try and light the stick, okay, you could probably set fire to the wood. It would burn for a little bit. And then it would go out, okay? So when you've been told that you've got to come and do this, bringing just a stick with no oil, well, it is quite foolish, isn't it? Okay, and so they realize that they don't have any oil, okay? And they say to the wise ones, go on, say to the wise ones, give us some oil, please. Okay, and they say no, okay? And, and the thing is, I don't think this story is illustrating the point that the wise ones are being mean and being nasty and not being generous. I think what the wise ones know is they only have enough oil to do the job, okay? So they, they're just saying, just practically, we can't share, okay? So these ones, they have to go and they have to get some from somewhere. And in this context, they're probably not visiting a B&Q, you know, they're not visiting a Tesco Metro in the middle of the night, okay? They're gonna go to the villager over here, Godwin, Okay, you just stay there, that's fine. Okay, so come, come over this way, okay. And they're going to have to wake him up in the middle of the night. They're going to bang on his door, wake him up. And he's going to get up and he's going to get them oil. Okay, so you guys carry on doing that. Okay. And, and so while that's happening, oh, my, my, my cable is not long enough. If you guys come a bit nearer, the bridegroom arrives. 
okay? And my understanding of this, when I first read it, I thought maybe this was a Jewish custom where there were 10 people waiting to get married. I thought this was 10 brides, but it's not. This is, this is people at a wedding party, okay? So these people are like the bridesmaids or, or the, you know, the maid of honor. They're people ready to have the big party. Stay over there, you just gotta keep waiting. He's very slow, okay? <laughs> So I arrive, okay, well, hey, we're here, nice lanterns, awesome, okay, in you go, into the party, okay, you can go and sit down now, you can go and sit down, that's good, okay, 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 you guys, you can come, you can come now with your lanterns, okay, and the door is shut, okay, okay, so knock on the door then, I, I don't, I don't know who you are. It's pretty harsh, isn't it? You can go and sit down. Thank you. Round of applause for the volunteers. Okay. And so this is a story, first of all, that is about intimacy. Okay. Who's been to a wedding before? Okay. Was it a bit long and boring? Yeah, probably. Okay. But at the heart of it, was it celebrating the most intimate thing that we ever really celebrate, okay? What's more intimate and close and wholehearted? A birthday party, Christmas, or a wedding? Which one? I think a wedding, okay? So it's, it's I think Jesus partly has chosen this story, I, I might be wrong, but I think because it's such, an, it's such an intimate thing that people are invited to come and share. And in the New Testament, Jesus uses, um, well, in the New Testament generally, and Jesus mentions it a few times, and Paul does as well, it uses a metaphor of the church, us, being the bride of Christ. So Christ being the bridegroom that they were waiting for, that we talked about. Um, Ephesians 5, husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And so that her is us, okay, that we are the people that Jesus gave himself up for. So yeah, first of all, intimacy. Turn to the person next to you and say, intimacy. Now say it again in a slightly weirder way, like, intimacy. <laughs> okay. So the next thing is, the next thing is that this was actually a relatively small thing. Oh, I forgot I need more volunteers. Joan, you, you can be my volunteer. Well done. Come up. Don't worry, Joel, you're going to be a volunteer in a bit as well. Um, so what I have here is an oil lantern. Um, and I've put some oil in this oil lantern. So if you just hold that for me a second. Um, so only one of them's got fire, and I decided that I trusted Joan with fire more than Joel. Right decision, do you reckon? <laughs> I would like you to go onto the stage, over there, and I would like you to hold the lantern up, okay, for like 20 minutes. It's going to be really annoying. <laughs> okay. But actually, this job, assuming that Joan doesn't drop it and set fire to the school, which might cause us some problems, that, that's fine, yeah, that, just to, on the other side of the lectern. Brilliant. This job is actually pretty simple. Like... 
Joanne hasn't had to have any training for this, okay? It's quite a simple little task. And sometimes that's all that God does. Sometimes that's all God asks of us. God doesn't, to serve Jesus and to become a Christian and to follow God, you don't need to become a doctor and know how to, like, build a car from scratch and understand physics. You just need to be able to be obedient in little things. Um, and there's a few quotes from that. I, I quite like Zechariah 4. So there's a chap called, I've forgotten his name again, Zerubbabel. Turn to the person next to you and say Zerubbabel. Yeah. There's a chap called Zerubbabel who is, who is helping to, he's, he's helping to rebuild the temple, okay, in Zechariah 4. And, and the bit, the example it uses is a plumb line. So a plumb line is a bit of string, okay, with a bit of metal on the end. And when you hang it, it hangs straight down. It's how, it's how you check that a wall is the right, is, a wall is straight. Um, and, and Zerubbabel is, is upset because his job is just holding this plumb line. But it's just like holding a lantern, isn't it? It's a, it's a little thing. And actually, from that one little bit of string, they built the whole temple. Um, and so, so one of the, the, the verses in there says, do not despise small beginnings. Don't feel like to serve God, you need to be preaching at the front. Because this doesn't matter. Like, when I'm, when I'm in front of Jesus at the end of my life, God will not say, did you deliver really good preaches? He'll say, did you love your neighbor? Okay. Um, and we serve. Are you having fun there, Joan? <laughs> um, we serve with what we are and with who we are. Um, and Jesus talks about this in the story of the widow's offering. I'll have my other volunteer now, Joel. Come on. Um, and so in the story of the widow's offering, um, which is in the New Testament somewhere, um, you, have, you have Jesus giving the example of, of, of a rich man giving loads of money into the collection plate. Okay? And I think if you look at this, you can see that Joel's got a slightly more magnificent lantern. Isn't it? A bit more pretty. If you go and stand up, up there for me. But although it's more pretty, he hasn't brought any oil. And so actually, you can, you can stand like Joan, and yours is heavier, so it's more of a punishment, I'm sorry. Um, but it doesn't actually matter how pretty and elegant and amazing our lives look. What matters is that core, that heart of have we brought oil to light our lamp. And then otherwise, we can have a very pretty, ornate-looking life, but it's not actually giving light to anyone. So small things. Next, a clear task. So the, in the story that we just read, the task given to the, the maidens, okay, to the, the young girls, was bring oil. Is that hard? Bring oil? I mean, I suppose it's kind of, would you know where to get oil from? If I said, go and get some oil. Where? The kitchen. Okay, it's lamp oil, though. The, the stuff in the kitchen is not going to work. Any idea beyond that? Okay, but people reading this probably would know where to get lamp oil, you know, and they're bringing a lamp. So they, they probably even had lamp oil at home, and they just didn't bother to bring it. And the clear task Jesus has for us, is that getting heavy there, Joel? <laughs> um, the clear task Jesus had for us, um, there we go, yeah, the foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. It doesn't say they didn't have any oil at home. They just, basically, it's a story of some people 
really just not trying. And it's a challenge for us. Is this story that Jesus is telling, is this parable, this, this metaphor, is it a story of non-Christians who haven't been invited to a wedding? Or is it a story of people who were invited to the wedding and just can't be bothered? The second one, it's people who can't be bothered, okay? So this is literally, this is a message to us saying, don't just be rubbish people who can't be bothered, okay? And the clear task for us, I think Jesus makes it extremely clear in Matthew 22 when he's asked, what is the greatest commandment? Is it too hot? Oh, okay, yeah, hang on, come here, come here. That's really funny. I'd like to point out, he still carried on holding it properly, didn't he? He's not, he's not dropped it or put it down. That's good heart. Well done. You're, you're going to get rewarded by having to just hold it for a lot longer. Well done. Um, so the, the, passage, the passage I've looked to at the clear task that I think Jesus gives us, that I think that the disciples hearing this message would be like, well, we're not being asked to bring oil. This is what we've just been asked to do by Jesus, is this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And the second command, love your neighbor as yourself. They're quite simple, really, aren't they? I mean, there's a lot to them. There's a lot to do. But the actual tasks, we can probably all remember them very quickly. Love God, love your neighbor. Turn to the person next to you and say, love God, love your neighbor. I'm glad your fingers didn't get burnt. Because what it comes down to, this whole message, this, this invitation to intimacy, where we're asked to follow a small task and to do it well, it comes down to our hearts. As, like, as most of the preachers I ever end up here, as most of the Jesus stuff Jesus said, he doesn't care what you look like, he doesn't care how much money you have, he doesn't care what skills you've got, he cares about your heart. It's not about what we do. So it's not really about how well you hold the lamp. It's about have you turned up ready to do the job? You know, are you trying? That's, that is the bare minimum that God is calling us to. He doesn't expect us to be perfect. He knows we're going to fail. But if we're not even going to try, if we're going to turn up, if we, if we kind of think to ourselves, well, you know, I go church on Sunday, that'll do. And then the rest of our life is completely unrelated to that. Well, that's basically turning up with a lamp and holding it for an hour without any oil. And our challenge, the challenge that Jesus gives us is to do more than that. There's a question that's often asked. Guys, you, you've done well. If you can come and put your one lantern there for me and one lantern there. Try not to set fire to the cross. Good work. Okay. Um, could, could, um, could you close the curtains, Pete? Is that right? And if we could turn the lights off as well, if that's all right. Um, a question that is often asked is if you knew Jesus was coming back tomorrow, what would you do differently? And I think sometimes it's used, it's not used in a very clever way as a question. Because 
I would do lots of things very differently if Jesus was coming back tomorrow, okay? Because the approach that I would take to tell people about Jesus would be different. I love that we can't work out how to turn the other lights on. There are about 100 light switches in here, so fair enough. The approach that we would take is different. So there's a lot of people in my life who the way I'm telling them about Jesus is by being a good person in their life. You know, are there people you've tried to tell at school or at work about Jesus who you know are just not interested in hearing? Anyone had that experience of trying to tell someone about Jesus and you just know that they are not interested in hearing? Okay. But what you can do is be, is you can love them. You know, you can, you can love your neighbor. But if I knew Jesus was coming back tomorrow, I would go to work and I would tell every patient, Jesus is coming tomorrow. You need to know Jesus, okay? And then the next day, I would get fired. But it wouldn't matter because Jesus was coming back that day. But what I hope wouldn't change is that if Jesus was coming back tomorrow, whereas my actions might be different, I hope my heart would be the same. That my heart would be that I want to love God and I want to love my neighbor. And maybe the way I do that's a bit different, but that I hope that the heart that I would have that day would be exactly the same as the heart that I have today. And so I'm going to draw us to a close, and I think we'll have a, we'll have a, a worship song on. But actually, I'm going to leave these two lanterns here. Because the question I want to ask you is, if Jesus comes back tomorrow, will your heart, does your heart look like this? Or does it look like this? And I'm not saying that in a place of judgment. I'm not pointing at anyone and saying, you're not good enough, you need to sort it out. I'm saying, here is a great space to stand, to pray in the darkness with no one looking at you, and to look at the cross here and the, and the light there and think, you know, some of the statements that Jesus said. He said, when people, there's another story he gives of, of someone and he says, well, I was hungry and you did not feed me. When the, when the maidens came to the door who, who hadn't brought oil and he said, I don't know who you are. Are we currently the lamp with no oil? And if we are, then let's ask God to change that in us. Let's, let's take, a, take a moment here where no one's paying attention to you and just say, Lord, if the band can come up, please, if that's right, and just say, Lord, I, I want to be like the light. I want to be like that, the lamp that is glowing that's glowing in my life and is glowing in other people's lives. And I'm not sure how to do that. Or I am sure how to do it, and I haven't been trying. Okay? Or I just I don't understand any of this, but I know that I want my life to look more like light. There's a space here at the front. You can come and people will pray with you. You can pray in your chairs. And as we, as we sing one song and, just, and, and worship with that, just reflect on the cross and the light, and know that Jesus is here with you. Jesus shared this story, not as a, the door is shut, it's too late, but shared this story to say, the opportunity to turn up with oil is here now. So take it.
do a few guided prayers. So if this resonates with you, but you're not sure what to say, pray along with my words. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm turning up without oil. I know that my heart isn't in this. I know that when I look at my life, Christian is just a label that sort of applies to me. But it's not it's not all the way through. It's not in my heart. It's it's not what defines my life, my reality, my direction, my hopes, my dreams. And I would like it to. Lord Jesus, open my eyes and fill my heart with oil, Lord Jesus. Lord God, I've, I've known what it is to have that oil. I've known how to burn bright for you at some point in the past, weeks ago, months ago, years ago. And I've lost it a bit, a lot. And I would like to have it back. Help me to see how to fill my lamp, Lord. Help me to see how to fill my heart. Help me to see you more clearly. me to see the blood that cleanses me. Help me to see your sacrifice. Help me to see your cross. Help me to see the way that your life shapes mine eternally. Help me to see that, Lord. Help me to follow you more clearly every day, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray, Lord. And again, just pray along in your heart or in your words with these. Lord Jesus, I, I don't really understand who you are or what you are or what all of this weird nonsense is about. I don't really get what's going on, but I know that something feels very, very strong in me at the moment. Something feels very attractive about what's happening, what's being talked about. I'm looking at this light, and it's just a stupid light in a school hall. But for some reason I want it, and I don't understand really what that means. Lord Jesus, open our eyes to those moments. Lord Jesus, help me to see who you are. Help me to have the bravery to talk to someone after the service and say, yeah, I've kind of been coming for years or for a single day and I feel like I need to make a really awkward, embarrassing step forwards and I don't know what that looks like. Lord, most of all, I pray, wrap your arms so deeply and tightly round us. Cover us in your wings. Lift us up, Lord. 
Help us to see it's not by our strength. It's not how well we hold up these lanterns. It's all about you, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. We've come to the end of this week's message. We hope you've been impacted and inspired. Keep up to date with everything that's happening by visiting our website at www.lifechurchwarranty.com.